I have a funny story that I didn't know. Uh, I was t- I'm a twin, one of four. My family has two sets of twins. So I'm the youngest. Um, and growing up in, I guess, the urban community, it's different because you have two different lifestyles. You have the Nigerian experience, and then you have the the Fort Worth the, the, yeah. the experience. Yeah. So you have a kid trying to travel and find his identity. Being a uh, being a twin and being different from his twin, trying yeah. to break out of that, and then on the other hand, you have a kid trying to fit in with the niggas in the school. Yeah. So it was a it was a different, interesting dynamic trying to pave my path through school. But I mean, glory of God, I got here. But it was it was a different experience for sure. At what age did you finally like try not to you know assimilate both cultures? But but you know what I'm saying trying to. Instead of trying to fit in on both sides, when did you finally get like this is me and I'm gonna take a little bit for this and you know a little bit from that, but I'm I'm gonna be me regardless. You know, I could answer that and it'd be beautiful. Obviously, I'm your guest to answer that, but I kind of wanted to ask you to answer that because yeah. in the early stages, I mean, I, our best friend Tevin, I, I met him fifth grade. Mm-hmm. I kind of started that, but I think during the years when I met you is really when I kind of. What do you think? Yeah, I, I, I do. I do. I do kind of feel that. Because, uh, like, I, I didn't know you before then. Like, we knew of each other. Uh, but once we did start hanging out, I did see you go from, okay, I'm trying to hide, you know, this side a little bit around these people. Yeah. And then you got to the point where, like, okay, now I'm really going to race this. Like, even even <laughs> with, like, the older crew in Braxton, it, it, Bro, it was funny. I, it was funny because here I am trying to find myself with the the guys on our time in our age with the Torrances and the Jaylens, yeah. but then I have I've finally got to of relevance basketball wise that I'm on the team with Braxton and his and, and the C trays and those guys and, and the prayers is where I'm like okay do I fit in with them or do I fit yeah. in so it's just like. At one point, I was just like, screw it. I'm going to just be me with the friends that I have. And then the the people that love me, love me. And and, and that's why it it was kind of fortunate. And and for me to have met a Braxton and those guys on the team, because it's like, it's cool to be, you know, normal, regular guys. So so my answer to that was like, Jordan asked what age you remember that coming of of, into fruition, I guess. But like. I was gonna ask you what event happened where you was just like, fuck it, I'm, I gotta be me. Yeah. But like, as you said, like fitting in with the older crew, I feel like around that time too, what made all of that jail was like, bro, none of us was afraid to laugh at ourselves. But like, bro, we used to roast from sun up yeah. to sun down. So yeah. it's like you couldn't really take yourself that serious. Like, bro, somebody's gonna roast you today. Fast. It's okay. Like that is very. And like true. nobody was like immune to that. Like nobody, no everybody was gonna get it, bro. Co- yeah. The coaches used to get roasted. Yeah. So I feel like that that helped a lot of us looking back too. Like, because none of us were like who we became yeah, in facts. that moment. But like. It helped all of us like damn like they roast just like me yeah no nah, facts yeah. and I think a huge part honestly is you bro like you were somebody childish, bro. <laughs> yeah but like we kind of gravitated towards like we saw you as mm-hmm. like a leader of yeah, you know you could have fun and but you could be mature bro, so it's like fun. we gravitate towards gravitated towards that and we're like okay it's cool to just be ourselves and yeah. be so like, now nah, I think the gelling of the two groups and I was able to find myself throughout all that so, I love that yeah. love that oh, that's what's up bro uh, so you know moving on from high school 
going into college. Was basketball always like when did basketball become? Oh, this is what I wanted to do after high school. Did you always have that thought like growing up? Um, did it start in high school? Like when did exactly did that? That's a great question. Um, take it back. I I think it's well documented that I wasn't really good initially yeah. at basketball, but um, my basketball journey started when I. I used to sit around, watch my family watch. Um, I was without my dad, actually, from eight to 18. I was without my dad in my, in my life, not because he, he wanted to leave because he has a, a, he had a visa. He took a job, um, in Nigeria. He was the chairman of the board of, in a state of all the hospitals. He's a pharmacist. So he had a good job, basically a promotion and he left. And when he tried to come back, they, they denied his visa for 10 years. So throughout my, from, Honestly, from second grade, first to second grade throughout high school, I was out with my dad. So, but before that, I used to watch my dad and my family watch. My dad's favorite player was Hakeem Olajuwon. I used to watch him like the old games. I used to watch those old games and then the Spurs versus the Lakers. I used to watch those games and I used to just see the joy behind their eyes when they watched the game. And it wasn't initially that I just loved uh, the game of basketball, but I was just like, why are they shouting? I like that. I like the feeling that gives them. And so when my dad left, I kind of wanted to create that for my family or something. So I had to grasp onto something. And as I kind of ascended and as I grew, it just made sense to go after that. So I I remember in seventh grade, I went in, (laughs) I didn't make the team. Uh, I got cut from the basketball team my eighth grade year. Um, I got on the C team. And then ninth grade, I, I made the, the freshman team. And then 10th grade, I finally made varsity. But throughout all that, I really just fell in love with, you know, the feeling that it gave somebody else. And then as, as you work in something, you find a love for the game. But initially, I didn't actually love the game. Yeah. I just loved the feeling. And, and to revert that to this day, I, I kind of find my why in how the game and being around people, how it makes people feel. So that was kind of, you know, what connected me to basketball initially. This is not to jump off of your, uh, like your childhood upbringing, but what would you say is like, the, the question still works for you, but you're still playing. You're still playing. Right. But like, what did you miss the most from basketball? Cause I like I have my answer, but I, I I want to hear yours. You know, I can go a lot of ways with that question, but you mean st- strictly in college or from second grade to college? Once you graduated left yeah. tech, what was the thing you was like? Damn, <laughs> like hella, uh, okay, I can tell you. In this age, and it's just unfortunate, or it's just how it's going. It's like the richness, the real together, the group, the camaraderie. That I feel like that kind of is watered down as you get along. Mm-hmm. Like when I went from um, North Crowley to Tech, honestly, it kind of I kind of fell in love with the game at Tech again because yeah. of just the fans and the love and the yeah. grit and the togetherness and it meant something. And the, every single day you're with 15 guys grinding Bro. for a better tomorrow. Like the process is what I fell in love with. Yeah. 
And so when you leave um, college where it's process, process, and you see you have a, a, a vision, you want to make it to the national championship, you have a goal, like you're grinding, you see yourself progression, that, that, that gets you motivated. And you see how the, the city yeah. and the communities, like it galvanates everybody, yeah, yeah, it gets yeah. everybody going, it, it, it charges you. But then when you go professional and then you kind of see like the politics it's and it's a job <laughs> and it's really about like fans and like, it's less about the game and more about how many seats we can fill. Wow. It, 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 there, there's a loss of a love for the game. It's like when I was at Tech, it's really the people that really charged me up. Like I, like as a kid, it, that's why I love the game in the first place. And then in college, you see it like they're genuinely charged to to watch well, you, and it means geek. something. Yeah. And then when it kind of is watered down by the professional ranks, it's you know it's unfortunate. But I would say what I miss is. Just the the real like the you know the togetherness of of the the journey in college. That's a fire answer. Yeah. Mine was was camaraderie for sure. Like yeah. like I said, just roasting, just like yeah. bro, because it's like you don't understand once you leave that like you can't recreate that anywhere, bro. You're in like still to this day. Like I'm in a group text with like 18 people from college, but yeah. like. Bro, it's not the same yeah. as like walking to the weight room like firing somebody. <laughs> like, yeah, Bro, that was what I missed. Like I remember, we'd have I think it was um, Young Dolph, uh, RP Young Dolph, but he came. He came to Tech. It was a crazy concert. Guys was out lit. Like right. the next day we had practice, but it was just like, oh, like just it's the unsaid to yeah. college. Like it just makes it fun. So now I definitely miss that for sure. Damn. So would you say like during college and stuff, the joy was it was just natural, like. And then like once you got to the pros, it was more I gotta find this joy either again or I just have to find it. It's like an everyday thing. I think that's a great question because I feel like the joy was natural, but I think the joy can be found. Don't get me wrong in the professional yeah, race, sure. but it's leadership, right? Whenever mm-hmm. you have leadership and you have clear goals, you have like real relationships at all bases off that and you have a clear objective like that, like that sparks the joy in the day to day, the process. Whenever you ha- you don't have that and it's just, I want to get to this place. I want to get yeah. picked up by this team or th- that coach yeah. is looking to leave. It's yeah. all like everybody's going different paths. So it's like, it's not fun anymore yep. because you're thinking in the back of the head. Are are they talking to me because they, they see like there's a GM there and they they want to look like they're actually coaching or they're actually yeah. care or do they actually care? Yeah. Like yeah. It's, it's so many variables that's different. That it's just but as I go, I have to stay focused on my journey and how God has a path for yeah. me. So, it, but it does if you, if to be honest, it does play take take a toll on you and. And it kind of waters down the whole process. Damn. So would you say you like a goal-oriented person? Hell yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. Even too much so. Like, <laughs> like I think I, at this point in my life, I, I, I think at our age, like, if I don't have a kid, like, this man is blessed with a kid and a yeah. wife, that's beautiful. But if I don't have a kid yeah. or a wife or, like, a, a real something to come back, I should be using all my energy going after something and building Hell something yeah. and creating legacy for people. Shit, even when, we, when you do get that, it's exactly, like, exactly, like, exactly. Nah, when, bro, when you get it, it's like, now nah, I really need it. Yeah. Before, I just needed it for me. Yeah. But now it's like... I got to go get it. See, yeah. Yeah. And I always thought of it just practically like, okay, you have a job. You work at Lockheed. Mm-hmm. You have a, a house, a family. That's yep. a job. For me, it's like, I got a job. But like, yep. 
my jobs, everything else I do, I mean, I don't have kids, so why don't I pour that energy into something else? But no, that's how I look at it. And I think yeah. every time I can set a goal in a, or a podcast or my job or basketball, it, it, it gets me going and the joy happens in, in the day to day. So, yeah, I definitely probably set too many goals. Yeah. So, staying on the goal thing, so do you feel like in college that you reached every goal that you set up? Like when you first walked into tech? What goals did you have and you feel like you reached all of those? Man, uh, I would say no, but then I would say yes. I would say I say that because of this. When you go into college, right, every player is a basketball player. I want to be an NBA player. Mm. Oh, yeah. I want to be an NBA player. I want to do this. I want to make this strive, strive. I want to be freshman of the year. I want to be player of the year. And, and it's like, yeah, your path, my path didn't uh, – lead to that but it led to so much more and mm-hmm. it led to me God telling oh this kid needs to learn these traits this kid needs to sit down first injury and learn hey like it's not about you learn leadership learn Man. different things learn how to see the game how to talk to people okay second second learn about you know how to communicate that my second broken foot I learned like I can't just tell somebody. I have to actually learn about their family and their lives. And I was reading, reading books on leadership and communication. It's those two steps in my journey was so uh, instrumental to my path because now I'm a better communicator with people and, and I can serve people like from my initial why. And so when you look at the goals that you have, yeah, you didn't do this. Yeah, you didn't do this, but you did all this and you're able to lead and leave a legacy for so many people, not only your community, but the school and alumni. There's there's so many goals that initially as a as a selfish guy, just wanting to strive, disconnected from his why, just wanting to get there because of why. So many people want to get there, but they forget why Why? just the money. and, And then what? Like, what about it? And so. I would say no, but I, I gained so much more, I think, and I'm still going, so. Hell yeah. No, nah, that's what's up, bro. So, staying, we're staying on college a little bit longer, because there's a couple of things I do want to get to. Um, one that you mentioned was going through those, through those two injuries. Um, you seem like a person, I mean, I do know you, but like even outside looking in, you seem like a person that thrives through adversity. Yeah. Um, how do you feel like You've grown like in, in that in that in that space, or how did you get through those two injuries? That's a great question. Um, I feel like because I'm the way I grew up, my dad. I've never seen him cry in my life. Yeah. Uh, just a backstory on that. He he comes from a city Benin City in Nigeria, where the they were the first royal city. Not that anybody cares, but they're the first royal, real rich city in Nigeria. Okay, and so there's a lot of pride that comes with that. Mm. And so he's real like this. He he came here. Him and my mom came here. They strive. They they reach their goals and they're going. They're going. They're going. So they face so much adversity, but it's always the next thing. It was always that mentality for them. And me being his son and and him going away, I really took on that mentality to. To an extreme almost to where like I have to do this and I have to strive and I have to go. And it's and it's like I thrive through adversity. But uh, initially, I always, you know, I, I said this, I, I had the privilege to speak in front of a, uh, a health uh, a graduate school at Texas Tech this last weekend. OK. And I, this is the first time I said this. People looking at me would say, okay, this guy is so powerful. This guy is an inspiration. This guy is like so going after it. But for me, it was always powered by pain, right? 
because of my dad, because of those things in my life, I was always striving. Like I got to push through it, through pain, not pushing through purpose, through like, you know, service. Yeah, there was a there was one part of me that said, OK, I'm this service. But the other part of me that wanted to go and strive was really powered by the pain of my past. And and I actually got sexually sexually assaulted by uh, older women in my life. So it's just a, the pain of like the insignificance kind of powering through. So on the outside, people might say, oh, this guy is striving and doing through adversity. But in my head and my side, it's just like. Survival mode. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it was just never a thing to me. It was just like, all right, next thing. Yeah, I gained a lot of traits through going through that, but the initial why wasn't this beautiful thing, yeah. you know? So I, I, I'm able to now reconnect with my initial why of purpose serving people through the journey that I went through, through the, through the broken foot, through, you know, another broken foot through my, the, the passion of my family, just because of, I can look back and say, wow, God has, has placed his hand on me each step of the way. And, and I'm, I'm glad I got out of it. So. Yeah. And I can a hundred percent like relate to that because, you know, growing up adversity hit yeah. my dad, like see him, stuff my dad, stuff my dad go through my mom, my sister, like people like that close to me, even myself, it was like, bro, we didn't got through all of this. So like, as as I get older, it's like that's why I don't stress about yeah. trip about nothing for too long. Like yeah. I'm human. I'm definitely going, you know, trip and I might I might soak for a couple of hours or maybe even a whole day. But like, I'm never gonna like be too down on myself yeah. because at the end of the day, God didn't get me through all of this for me to just exactly. like you know give up now. Thanks. Yeah. Would you do you feel like your injuries made you? a more well-rounded person based off of what it forced you to do once you injured yourself? Yeah, that's hell yeah. <laughs> hell I, yeah. I asked that, bro, because it's like, kind of like how you, you didn't refer to yourself as a high head, but like, you definitely had to slow down and like understand, you said you, you understood communication better mm-hmm. with your foot, like, because it forced you to not just like tell somebody something, I got to hear them out. Like, yeah, yeah. Bro, my injury was like, it forced me to like, to understand the part of communication that wasn't talking. Kind of the same, but it's like, just shut up and listen. Yeah. And it's yeah. like, bro, like, I, I understood on a way more deeper level when it was just like, just letting somebody talk. Man. Yeah. That's just crazy. Yeah, no, yeah, I, I, yeah, I'm yeah. glad you said that because, yeah, it, a lot of it was listening. Like, I was fortunate to be around a good, good group, good uh, staff to where they could tell the days that I wasn't feeling like it or I, I wasn't no. into it to kind of pick me up and to say the right things for me to build. OK, I can still learn and contribute to a team when I'm hurt. So I was just learning those interpersonal skills, those 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 is intangibles, if you will, to kind of build. And God know, knew why he was putting me through that pain and that pressure. And and it's like whenever you feel struggle, like that's a reason there's purpose in your struggle. Like there's somewhere that you need to get through, that you need to learn the traits through whatever you're going through to get to there. So. I couldn't see that at the time at, at some time, but as I grew and, and communicating through those things and, and I, I really learned like this is like a good scan or a good lens of life. Shit ain't always going to be sweet. So how can you get through this to get to there? So it put it, it put life into perspective for me. Like, like Jordan said, like if God got me through this, bro, like you're, I'm good. Yeah. Like, I just can't trip that hard. But like, 
Yeah, that showed me for sure. Like, I got some resilience. Right. Like, yeah. yeah, it's funny because for me, I look at things like case studies. Like, okay, somebody doubts me. I'm not supposed to be at Texas Tech anyway. I didn't have any offers. Okay, check. If somebody says you can't get through that or you can't push that, I had an injury, another injury, family traumas. I'm here. Yes. Like, so yep. it gives you like a feedback loop of, okay, I've done this before. I can keep going. Like, yes, yep. it might have looked different, but in my life, I've gotten to this place through a lot of different things. A lot of times as we're striving, we're trying to go, a lot of us forget what we've already been through and the trials that we've already faced. Hey, Genix, you going off?